Hey, you guys, this is SWFL Talk. I am your host, Brody Mays, and I'm here with my co-host, Nisi Green. And today's episode is a start to our Snipbit episodes. We'll be having Snipbit episodes, um, you know, throughout our seasons, which are usually 30-minute episodes or less. So today's Snipbit episode is going back to the 90s because Nisi and I both love the 90s. And we're going to be talking specifically um, tonight in regards to the 90s. We're going to specifically be talking about television and the television shows that we watched um, as kids growing up. Uh, Nisi, I'm going to let you go ahead and start this off as far as shows. We've talked about so many... um, before doing this recording tonight. So uh, what were some of your most memorable, or what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Well, Brody, to be honest, when I think about 90s TV, I, I can't not help but think of TGIF. Yes, TGIF. Um, yeah, that was just really kind of the obvious for me. Um, it was just such a, tr- a tradition on Friday nights to watch Family Matters, Full House, eventually um you know step by step in boy meets world and mm-hmm. that really did sort of embody 90s tv for me however there were so many other shows that just sort of uh defined 90s uh, television for me which were um the cosby show which is so funny because mm-hmm. We were sitting up, uh, you know, going over the details of this uh, snippet episode, and I discovered that the Cosby Show came out in 1984, and I was like, 1984? Like, I, I just could not fathom that that show actually started, you know, uh, that long before the 90s, because I just think of it as a 90s TV show. Keep going. And um, then there was also the uh different world which was the spinoff from the cosby show and i was like oh well that's definitely a 90s show i was like well i grew up with that show then i found out that it it ran from like 1987 until the early 90s but at the same time a different world was a was literally just a formative part of my childhood and such a big uh, portion of what I consider to be 90s television. And then, um, you know, going off from there, you sort of get into the other shows that I think really just sort of like uh, made the 90s what they were for me. Or, or another <coughs> way to say it is like, these were the shows that sort of like embodied or, you know, sort of like, encapsulated the 90s right like if you could put the 90s in a time capsule these are the shows that would be in that time capsule and so for me that was like saved by the bell um i've already said the cosby show in a different world um i often think of like family ties uh, even family ties even though that was it was 80s but it went over into the 90s a little bit yeah i think i'm not sure you associate it with the 90s. Yeah, yeah, well, because, you know, being born in 83, I still have memories of the 80s, but sometimes it gets a bit foggy, like, 
what year was I thinking what? Because I guess we were like coming into ourselves, yeah. but these were the things that we were watching on on television, like Growing Pains. Uh huh. And then some of the other '90s shows that I really liked, um, usually like with your must see lineups, would be uh, Martin was one of them. Oh my gosh! Yes. And I'm so glad. Let me tell you one thing that I am happy about. It's it's on subject, but getting just kind of trailing off a bit. But they there was a rumor going around, and it was uh, later it was classified as a as a as a as a true story. So it wasn't no longer a rumor. But they had wanted to do a reboot of Martin. And there's something about the way we grew up and shows that we've grown up with that it's almost like with these newbies out there, this this new generation. I don't want to share that with them, you know, because it's it's almost like. If you did this reboot, regardless, let's say, if it was a success or not, people are going to totally ignore the original. And that can be also um, something that can be said within our generation. You know, things that were um, were either spinoffs or they were remakes, you know, uh, kind of going a little bit into the movies for a, for a minute. But, you know, you think of Cruel Intentions, who do you think of? You think of Sarah Michelle Gellar, Reese Ryan Witherspoon, Fil yeah, Reese yeah. Witherspoon, and Cruel Intentions was actually a remake from a movie in the '30s. Yeah, I don't remember who it starred, but yeah, it was a remake from the '30s. Was that, it? Yeah, that was just as successful in box office as this, uh, as the new version, which we know as Reese Witherspoon, Sarah See, Michelle Gellar. I, I would have had no clue. Yeah, no clue. And then Thomas Crown Affair. You know, with mm -hmm. Rene Russo and Pierce Brosnan, the original was with Faye Dunaway back in the, uh, I think, 60s or 70s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the thing about these reboots of, it's funny that you bring that up. And again, uh, just to be to, to be careful, I, I don't want to get off subject here, but, you know, some of these remakes and reboots, just for me personally... <laughs> They make me feel a little cast aside. I feel a little cast aside. One that recently came out was Coming to America. Yeah. Like, I know we're talking about 90s TV, and this was a movie that came out in the late <coughs> 80s, but still, you know, Coming to America has just been such a major part of my life. I love that movie so much. I was not a huge fan of, of the sequel, it's not even that I hated it. It's just a simple fact that, number one, I did not feel like it was uh, tailored to me mm -hmm. or to my demographic. And then, number two, um, it just simply, purely did not live up to the original, which I don't think anybody expected any movie to be able to do. But for me, like, to say, okay, well, let's reboot this or let's make a sequel it's almost like, hey, I'm still here. Like, we, what's wrong with the original? Like, the original is lovable enough. Why don't you just, you know, and, I mean. And also, you know, to our listeners, uh, we are going to be doing another snippet episode, which is going to be related to movies. So we're going to hop back on to uh, television here in a minute. But I wanted to point out, too, as far as movies, and like I said, we can talk about that in that episode, but it's almost like Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street. They tried to remake them, even though they were beautifully remastered, nothing can take away, in my opinion, from the original. Right. And, you know, one prime example of a show that did that was Fuller House. 
because they went from full house to fuller house and clever idea but um I'm, I'm can I I'm I'm very anti Fuller House simply because I'm not um, I don't really care for the way they treated the Olsen twins, you know, because that was a chapter in their life that was done. They're businesswomen now, and first and foremost, they didn't have time to come and do a reboot just because everybody else needed a check, you know. And they almost kind of threw shade toward them in a way. And to to be clear to our listeners, uh, still I've heard. I've never even bothered to watch Fuller House. But um, I did hear that there were comments within the show where they were like, oh, Michelle's too busy and blah, blah, blah. Like, it, it was all almost the camera like, like yeah, you know, it was almost you know. like, how dare you? To your point, Brody, it was almost like, how dare you not come back and drudge up whatever uh, a, a, a trauma or... Who knows what you might have, you know, personally associated yeah. with being on this show at such a young age. And how dare you not uh, drag all of that back up and then on top of that interrupt the actual career that you have. Like, how dare you not come They're back a billion here? billion dollar corporation. Yeah, yeah, it's like, how dare you <laughs> not come back here and help us get a check? Yeah. Like, oh, oh, those two, you know, it was just very... Yeah. yeah, again, not a fan. Yeah. But again, I, I definitely don't want to sidetrack. And John Stamos was the one that gave them well, a lot of backlash on it. A lot of backlash. And, you know... Um, the nerve. That's just all I'm going to say. All I'm going to say is the nerve. You know, he's he's a great guy. He's had a great career. But, I mean, everyone knows he's Uncle Jesse. So, I mean, it's just... Or the 10 10 3 2, 20 commercial save on all, all your collect calls. <laughs> Which came years later. That was his comeback. That was his comeback. Save all on your collect calls with John Stamos. I digress. But, um, <laughs> but you know, speaking of Candace, uh, what's her face? Candace Cameron. Yeah, Candace Cameron, who has the crazed televangelist brother, Kurt Cameron, from Growing Pains. But, you know, uh, Candace Cameron was really big in TV movies back in the day, too, after Full, uh, after full House. Uh, she did one, I remember, called Night Scream. There was another one called She Cried No. And it's got a picture of her on the TV guide, you know, holding her shirt up to her breast with her heels. Like, you know, she just, you know, um, got up Saturday morning and apologized to her Friday night mistake and... You know, hit the road. But she did a lot of television movies. And so did that one, too. Uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen from Say by the Bell. She had a good career in television. I mean, she did 90210. She was on there for a few seasons, to be honest. Uh, she actually did a movie, Son-in-Law, with uh, Polly Shore. He was real big back in the 90s. Uh, and then she did a lot of TV movies. I think there was one called Sweet Dreams, and they themed it off of the 80s song, Sweet Dreams. Sweet Dreams, yeah. yeah. Wasn't that Kelly? That was Kelly mm-hmm. on Saved by the Bell, right? Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Yeah, didn't she go on to be on... Um, it, 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 maybe it was a Beverly Hills 90210, or maybe it was Melrose Place. No, she went on 90210. Okay, that's yeah, what I... Yeah, for what, sure. That was my first thought, but yeah, she definitely... Uh, that actress definitely uh, parlayed her, her time on yeah. Saved by the Bell into a very lucrative career, like additional shows. Uh, and even Zach Morris, uh, yeah. Mark, is what is it, Mark? Um, 
something, but <laughs> Zach, Zach Morris. He we did, all know him as Zach Morris. Yeah, he did a, he had a pretty good career too, but it came later in life, but it was for television. I think he did like the CSI stuff, wasn't it? I think he was on some stuff like that, but prior to that, he definitely did some made for TV movies. Uh-huh. And Mario Lopez, even though he kind of got in a rut, but he's uh, the spokesperson on Entertainment Tonight. So. Oh, he, 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 he came back with the vengeance. Yeah. You know, for a little while, he was on that Dance 360, is that what they called it? That Dance 360 show? He was like a host. Not Dancing with the Stars, though, right? No, not Dancing with the Stars. It was like this weird breakdancing competition that would come on late at night in Dallas. I don't think people realize either, but Dancing with the Stars, for as long as it's been on, it actually overlapped into this new generation. That was part of our generation. Mm -hmm. Like later, you know, in our late teens Mm -hmm. was when Dancing with the Stars came out. I remember my grandma used to watch it. You know, if I had to... um sort of like explain or characterize 90s TV to, you know, people who had never seen any of these shows that we named. I mean, because like I said, again, just to re- just to reiterate for me, a lot of these shows really just fall into a very similar category of like sitcom. You know, um, on one hand, it could be campy. On the other hand, it could be relatable. I mean, it was all obviously very entertaining. Yeah. But then at the same time, there were those times where they would decide to get very serious. Yeah. And they would say, tonight. On a special. On a a very special episode. Of Growing Pains or Family Time or whatever it may be. You know, they... And man, nothing like those late night dramas too, like Knots Landing or Dallas. As much as I feel bad for laughing, and I feel bad for laughing because the subject matters that they were addressing in these very special episodes, those subject matters were very serious. Tell about the uh, Say by the Bell. <laughs> but at the same, <laughs> thank you, thank you, Brody. But at the same time, like it's it's a sitcom. Like is this? Is this really where we want to like hash this out? Like, yeah. is this? I tuned in to be happy and get a few laughs. Like, my God! And then we tuned in to Save by the Bell. It's like on a very special episode of Save by the Bell. Was it a two part? It, 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 it might have been a two part. But the thing was, they were addressing drug addiction. And to be to be clear, this is a very serious issue. I am not making light of you know substance abuse or anything like that. But the way Saved by the Bell did it is they had Jesse. Jesse Spano. Remember she um, she was trying to to keep up to to keep up with some uh, she was performance doing, career. Well, they were doing some kind of knockoff of the Pointer Sisters, <laughs> and because um, the Pointer Sisters, I think, sung that song "Jump." Yeah. Yeah. And they were doing that song. And then they did some other song their own way or something. The I'm So Excited. I'm So Excited. <laughs> oh, they did I'm So Excited. Was that the point or so? Or who was that? I don't know. But anyway, I'm So Excited was the song. And Jesse was trying to keep up with her GPA so she can get into a really good school. There was some big test. There's always a big test with her. And so she's having to study for that. And uh, all of a sudden... 
she misses her uh, show date to go perform in front of, I guess, an agent or something, some talent agent with Kelly and Lisa Turtle. And um, uh, Zach comes in there because uh, he's her alleged manager now. He comes in there to wake her up, and then that was when he realized, because, you know, Mario Lopez realized early on that she was taking the... Uh, it was actually caffeine pills, by the way. <laughs> it wasn't even a drug. wasn't even over the counter. It was just a little energy pill. It was just... It's like when you go to 7-Eleven, those six-hour shot of energy drinks. She was hooked on that shit, <laughs> but in a pill form. And so she got addicted to caffeine... <laughs> And Zach had to help her and get rehabilitated. Said, I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. When he saw the pills, he slapped them out of her hand. And she gets up on the wall because he pushes her up there. <laughs> and she sings her little heart out. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I'm so scared, Zach. Shit. It was just so overly dramatic. It, like, it wasn't even like an actual like drug. It was just and a, then, like an energy and then, pill. And then it gets better because once she has accepted the fact that she's a caffeine-aholic, she's laying in bed, mind you, like, like, like she's just pitiful out of energy, I guess, because the, the caffeine wore off. So she's got no energy. She's in bed, but all the friends and family, birds and trees, they're all around her bedside to make sure she gets through this one day at a time. No Coca-Cola, no Coke Zero, no nothing. No caffeine, no coffee. She couldn't handle it. Oh, my gosh. And the thing is, you know, again, you know, the, the subject matters that they were addressing in these very special episodes were very serious. But, you know, just again to my point, like, when you take these sitcoms, you know, because now looking back, I just kind of have to ask myself, like, but was this the, 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 was this, was this the venue was this the right was this the best space to address this and i almost feel like because <coughs> they knew and and i'm specific and, and, and i'm spe uh, speaking specifically to brody and my generation like i think because they knew they had our attention and they knew the demographic like they knew our age range they were good they were like this is when we need to address you know caffeine pill addiction this is when we need to address a gun violence or, you know, a robbery or a, a home, you mm -hmm. know, theft or whatever like it was on, uh, was that Growing Pains? Where, where there was a robbery in the house. They got robbed. A very special episode of Growing Pains and then their house was robbed and what was it that Joanna, it was Joanna Oh, uh, she freaked out because I guess the robbers had made themselves a pot of coffee, made themselves right Which at is home. What, what, robbers typically do right yeah and so anyway i guess they got had a uh maxwell coffee craze and you know put a uh threw on a pot and then they saw the car pull up and like oh i guess we better go and anyway she picks up the cup of coffee in a coffee mug and she tells alan thick she goes it's hot because apparently i guess the message it didn't really translate but it was supposed to mean that no sooner than they got home, the robbers had left was basically the message. 
but Jennifer, I mean, Joanne, is it Jennifer or Joanne Kearns? It's uh, Joanna Kearns. Joanna Kearns. Yeah. My God love her. Look like she's about to swallow her tongue when she says, It's still hot. It's still hot. Alan, it's still hot. But then, you know, also another way they would get you to in the 90s, you know, back before you could stream anything, before TiVo even, I don't even know if anyone still knows what TiVo is. It was something, some bullshit they sold you on where you could actually pause your shows. It basically was just recording it. It was DVR, but you had to get like a special box at the time. Yeah, and so you wouldn't be, in, because... The struggles were real. When you had a commercial break, that was just enough time to go pee, shit and get off the pot, grab a snack, get back in front of the TV and watch. But you know another, uh, oh, that's what I was going to say, was Martin and Living Single. They both had it where you could actually call into the show and vote how you wanted the next episode to end up. And I know for a fact on Martin, when he was breaking up with, or when him and Gina, I guess, came to a mutual agreement that they could no longer be together. You know, Martin, of course, was tore up. So was Gina. And it shows them, you know, living in separate places. But they basically, at the end of the season, the last episode for the new season, they said, we need you all to vote, you know, because the new season was going to determine whether they separated or stayed together. And ultimately, thank God, they stayed together. I don't know why I'm getting this way over fictional characters, but yeah, they <laughs> they stayed together. Yeah, that was one thing about um, 90s TV that just really trips me out because, you know, you, you kind of grow up and then you just kind of look back on things and you realize, like, that was such a big deal to me. For me, it wasn't necessarily Martin, even though that is uh, still, like like, one of my favorite shows to this day. But more living single, there was this one episode where they had this, um, you know, seemingly like attractive or desirable man on there. And then the audience had an opportunity to call into the show and vote which one of the four, you know, main characters, uh, Khadijah, Regine, Maxine, or Sinclair would end up with this uh, man. Maybe not Sinclair, because if it was late enough seasons, she was already... Because I thought her and Overton, Overton were already smitten, even when yeah. they weren't, you know. Even when they weren't, You yeah, knew, so. you kind of was a given they were going to end up together. It could have just been uh, Khadijah, Max, and yeah. Regine. But either way, you could call in and vote, and we all, uh, the majority voted for Khadijah, like, big surprise there. But I just remember that seeming so, like, amazing to me. And that was the thing, really you know, about 90s TV in general. Whether it was TGIF, whether it was The Cosby Show or Different World or Martin, uh, whether it was even shows that were technically 80s, but, you know, I was getting more, like, exposed and and, and um, engaged with them, you know, mm -hmm. in the 90s as I was, you know, growing up, like, um, your, you know, family ties and, and, and things Hanging like that. Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So, like, I just, oh, and don't forget about those uh, those Saturday morning shows or those early morning shows yeah. that we used to watch. With the cartoons that, that had, like, the commercials in there for the toys. and The cartoons, yeah, but, like, the shows, like Punky Brewster. Yeah, Mr. Belvedere. Small Wonder. She's a small, small. Wonder. Wonder. I swear I watched that show for the theme song. I yeah. think I sat through that whole show just for the theme song, but it was just like 
even though, you know, growing up, you kind of look back and go, that was so cheesy. Like, why did I care? Why, like, why was I so invested? But, <clears throat> like, that's what was on TV. That's what I cared about. And, like, those shows, like, really just clued me in. And um, You know what's another dying category, another dying genre? Um, and that's why I think it's important for the next snippet that we talk about movies because... I think people don't go to the movies like they used to. And like I said, we can say that for another conversation. But I also can say the same with, you know, television. One of the things that's dying out are soap operas. And you don't see them anymore. I mean, it used to be back in the day. And this goes even back to the 50s. And a lot of these, you know, treaded on to the 2000s, early 2000s before they were canceled. I think it was like roughly between like, 2000 and 2010 when they all started like really dying off i wonder if streaming services dvr combined with the uh, the way that primetime shows are mm-hmm. really drawing people in right like mm-hmm. oh my favorite show comes on tuesday nights and well i don't really have the bandwidth on tuesday night to watch it so I'm just going to go ahead and binge watch it on a Wednesday morning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so it's almost like, because to me, I feel like soap operas were kind of getting people through the morning and the early daytime. Mm-hmm. Well, because it was catered can, to at-home moms. Moms yeah. and things, but or the retired or, or yeah. what have you. But since you can DVR, I'll just watch my favorite show, you know, in the morning and mm-hmm. not really have to you know, sit here for this, um, you know, soap opera. So I was briefly in the general hospital at one point, so I get it. But I can also see where, like, the fact that I can just go on Netflix or Hulu and just binge watch my favorite show would override that. Exactly. But one of the other things that, um, you know, fascinates me is just, just how everything is changing. I mean, it seems like a lot of the... I guess you would say our version of bubblegum shows, you know, like the Saved by the Bell, uh, uh, California Dreams. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I think some of those shows, even though they were cheesy, but it feels like the shows today are a little more cotton candy, sugar-coated a bit. I mean, it very much, feel, very much feels like a kid's show because I felt like back in those days, even grown adults could get into what we were watching. It's funny you say that because I was just thinking almost the opposite thought, which is I wonder if adults in our time was, were looking at the TV the way that we are. Now, I, I do believe that shows like on TGIF and then those certain sitcoms that came out and to be specific, the ones that had the very special episodes, mm-hmm. I believe that those shows, because they they sort of purposely centered around family, mm-hmm. I think that um, they maybe did capture, you know, adults the same way they captured us. Mm-hmm. But then there were other shows, if you think about it, that they were always more centered around the kids. Small Wonder, Punky Brewster, and California Dreams. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if maybe those shows, if the adults in our childhood looked at those shows the way that we look at kids' shows now. They could be, most And go, oh my God, like, how do they even watch this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like, and you could absolutely be right, because some of the things that I see in those shows, it's so repetitive. And I guess being the age that I am, almost 38, 
you know, I look at some of these shows and think, I've, I've seen it, been there, done that kind of thing. Like, I've seen this, the, I've seen this played out. I already know how it's going to end. You know what I mean? So maybe that's the difference. But uh, anyway, it was, uh, it was good talking to you about the 90s television, um, whatever. But um, anyway, that is our snippet for uh, tonight. Um, if you would like to write to us, you can write to us at SWFLtalk at yahoo.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SWFLtalk. Why? Because I am sure someone will freaking listen. I am your host, Brody Mays, and my co-host, Nisi Green. We'll see you next time.